Welcome to the ENA Podcast with your host, Dan Campana. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, the Director of Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And uh, I know I say this every episode, but I'm excited for this one because it is the third year that ENA Connections 20 Under 40 program uh, honoring the best and the brightest in emergency nursing. Uh, we're in the third year of the program and applications are starting to roll in for this year's class. And uh, to get a little perspective on what it's like to go through this, uh, to become someone who is honored and get their face on the cover of the magazine and uh, two pages of storytelling about them. Uh, I've got uh, Chelsea Simone, who was part of the 2022 class uh, for the 20 Under 40 program. Talk a little bit about how this went for her, uh, why it was meaningful, and and really, um, you know, why this has become a bit of a unique thing that uh, you know, people are interested in being a part of. So, Chelsea, welcome to the ENA podcast. Thank you very much, Dan. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and, and the support. So, and and we're happy to have you here, first off. But Chelsea, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your history, uh, career-wise, uh, you know, and other things. I mean, if people read the magazine last year, which we know everybody did, they know your story already. But for new listeners or new people to ENA, uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about who you are and, and what's been important in your career so far. Sure. Yeah, so... Uh... I'm a Massachusetts uh, resident. I was born and raised here. It's it's pretty cold, um, but I've traveled across the the country. I've been to a bunch of different places. You know, it's ironic when I tell people my story. I was never good in in school in high school, and uh, you know, a friend of mine actually asked me what was your, you know, favorite year, and I was like probably my second freshman year, and they laughed, <laughs> and I was like I'm very serious, and and so I was never an academic type person. I was more athletic, and so. Instead of going to college, I actually uh, turned down a scholarship to Massachusetts Maritime Academy for sports, and I, I joined the military. I joined the Army. Um, I was 18 years old, and so I spent 10 years overall. Uh, during that time, I went to incredible places. I served as a medic uh, with an aviation company, and I broke my back twice, not just once, twice. So the first time required a surgery, and you know they said, your career is pretty much over, and I said, no way. I'll I'll recover. And, and I did. And uh, the second time I was doing burpees towards, I think it was year eight or nine of my career and uh, just popped it, snapped it. And so I was medically discharged, retired. And it took about a year for that process to conclude. And so during that year, I said, well, what am I going to do now? You know? Um, and around the same time I met my husband, my now husband, who is also a veteran and we got to talking and, you know, he told me a story and uh, his story about his friends and we had a lot in common, but I ended up saying, well, I might as well go to nursing school. You know, um, I remember somebody telling me, oh, you should go to medical school. And it was, you know, halfway through my undergrad in nursing. And I was so offended. I was like, you know, if you're a nurse, you take pride in being a nurse. That's a title that we, we are humbled by, you know, we love being nurses. So I ended up going to nursing school at Rhode Island College School of Nursing um majored in nursing and I had a undergrad honors project and I was one of the oldest people I was 27 when I went into nursing school and so I was older um but when I went into nursing school I said to them hey I want to do a research study and they laughed my instructors laughed and they said you're an undergrad nursing student you don't do research and I was like well I like to prove people wrong so here I am <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I went back for my master's and now doctorates and I just keep going to school. I just love, I love nursing. <laughs> you've had a couple of different roles. You've worked in the ED, you've worked in trauma. You've also worked in, in uh, uh, clinical nurse re uh, nursing research as well. Um, but something else that kind of blends those two things, the research and the, uh, your military background is the foundation that, uh, that you founded uh, a few years ago. Talk us a little bit, of, talk a little bit about uh, the Hunter Seven Foundation. Yeah. So when I met my husband, he said to me, you know, haphazardly, all my friends are dead from Iraq. And I said, well, you know, I hate to sound insensitive, but that's war. And he said, no, they died when they got home. And I said, from suicide, you know, I assumed it was suicide. And he said, no, from cancer. And I said, that doesn't make any sense, you know, and, I, and so I started to look more into it. And there was nothing, no research existed on the topic, you know, and being it was a lived experience in service for me, you know, I looked back and I said, wow, you know, two of my pilots that I flew with are dead from cancer. So maybe this is a real problem. And so he told me stories about his friends and his, and his, you know, co-workers in the military. And then he mentioned one man, you know, Sergeant Major Rob Bowman, who was a, you know, an inspirational leader in his career and his call sign was Hunter seven. So that's where the name comes from. It's a tribute. And so we founded the foundation officially, um, Prior to, we were doing a lot of research, education, but officially founded in January 2019. And to date, we've served over 500 post-9-11 veterans with cancer, um, active duty service members, their families, and spent easily over a million dollars in just co-payments, treatments, um, care coordination, and early identification. We could spend forever talking about, you know, how much you've packed in in just a short amount of time. And that's really the essence of the 20 Under 40 program is to find uh, these folks within emergency nursing in one form or another who are, are making big impacts earlier in their career. So did you know anything about this program before you found out someone had nominated you? So I didn't. I, as soon as I graduated from college as an undergrad, I went right into the ER, um, which was extremely rare, I guess, because usually the ER in Boston, they don't accept people that are, you know, new grads. And I said, sure. well, this is, you know, this is my bread and butter. I've been doing trauma since you know, for the past 10 years, you know, so bullet holes and, and, you know, crazy traumas are not anything new to me. I actually, I thrive on it. I do very good with it. It's just how I am. Um, and so I've been a member of the ENA for, since I was an undergrad student, probably since 2016, just because I knew that was the field I wanted to go into. And so I didn't hear about this you know, I saw it in passing in my emails and when I received, you know, the ENA conne uh, connection and, you know, when I, when I opened up the JEN, I saw it in there, but I never really thought like, oh, you know, out of all the nurses in the, in the world that, that work in ER, why me? Sure, <laughs> you know, like sure. my story is not that, you know, inspiring. And I never thought I would be selected because, you know, I'm just, and I, I feel like this is the routine answer. You know, I'm just doing my job. Right. You know. Well, nurses are inherently modest, you know, to begin with, you know, so then you ask them to speak up about themselves. It's, it's probably a little bit more difficult than uh, than most people would expect that to happen. You also told me that you don't even know who nominated you. So that's a great yeah. mystery, isn't it? I still don't know who nominated me. I would like to know just to say, hey, thank you. Um, but it's uh, humbling for sure. Being nominated is just one part of it. Just because you're nominated doesn't mean you're in the running. You actually still have to go through the application process. Um, was there any hesitancy? I mean, was it a no-brainer to, to say, yeah, I'm going to apply for this thing? Or did you have to do some soul searching to say, you know, just me, just, you know, that sort of thing to get yourself to the point where you submitted? Yeah. So <laughs> another friend of mine was actually at my house who was the ER nurse that trained me. And she's been in ER nursing for a while. And 
And I said to her, I was like, hey, somebody nominated nominated me for this. And and I was like, I don't know, you know, like, why me? You know, I was very confused because I've only been an ER nurse for a few years. You know, I'm older. This is I'm a brand new nurse, per se, by, you know, I think I think it's been like six years now, seven years. I said to her, I was like, I wonder why they nominated me. And she kind of gave me that Boston type attitude and said, <laughs> you're going to do it and you're going to like it. And you're going to, you know, if anybody deserves it, it's you. And I was like, well, and she was like, just do it, you know, in, in nicer words. She said, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I did. And I remember going through and it asked, like, you know, what are some of the significant, you know, achievements that I made? And it's hard to put into context, you know, and and to try to put into words everything that that we as ER nurses have been able to do, especially following the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the most humbling experiences. You know, we were the first hospital to receive an, a, an overflow in Boston of, of COVID patients. And that experience alone was very military-esque, you know. Um, but there was just so much to put into context into such a small package, but it made me have a lot more respect for the profession and the discipline overall. When you look at what goes into that application process, uh, did it start to, the, the importance of doing this, did it start to ring a little bit truer for you as you went through it? It did. And not necessarily because of me as an individual, but I think, like I said, the practice and discipline overall, you know, when I, I think I wrote about, I was invited to the White House to have breakfast with the president and his wife and um, Dr. Jill Biden. She's been a huge advocate for nursing since the Joining Forces Initiative began in 2010, 2011. And a lot of the research that I've done is fundamentally based on if we inform and train and educate our nurses to provide veteran centric and holistic care in civilian sectors, you know, we'll see better outcomes. You know, and I can, I can speak on that because I spend a lot of time with my patients. You know, I get to know them. I get to know their histories. And so I think I told that story, you know, sitting with Dr. Biden and saying, hey, listen, I know it's 2022, but in 2011, you sat down with Dr. Linda Schwartz at the American Academy of Nursing and created this fundamental program. And I'm trying to continue to do this. And she was mind blown that somebody remembered that, <laughs> you know, but I was like, you know, nurses can change the world. You know, we're not just nurses, you know, we can literally change the world because of the way we look, look at practice, you know, whether it's in the ER, whether it's in primary care, you know, but I'm, I'm very, very uh, confident that in the ER, you know, myself, my fellow ER nurses, we can make a huge difference in terms of veteran healthcare just in that one incidence right there. The impactful way that a nurse operates day to day, but you've also shown, and, and the other honorees over the last two years have shown that the impact expands well beyond just the bedside Absolutely. into things like your foundation or, or in the academic world, or even in some ways that um, you know are even probably still hard for them to fathom that they got into, but it all starts at the core in the ED and your experience in the military certainly fed into what has made the ED so comfortable for you. But what makes you uncomfortable is you you apply for something like this and then you wait, right? Um, sure. What did you kind of send it off? How did you feel when you sent it off? It, was it sort of send it, forget it? If it happens, it happens. Or did you kind of consciously contemplate, well, what does this mean if this happens for me? So uh, considering how much I work during the day, I probably work 18 to 19 hours a day. And so it was kind of like send and forget. And then when I was awarded, I was I was just super confused. I was like, oh really? They selected, like, I was just like, they selected me out of everybody. Like, you know, I, I have some fancy letters after my name, but nothing compared to some of the people that, that are within ENA. So I was like, well, 
you know, now I think I was most humbled by and most surprised by and most eager to share the mission and enact or at least plant the seed of, you know, military and veteran healthcare in the civilian sector, because a lot of, you know, a lot of ER providers assume that veterans utilize the VA, which is actually the exact opposite. And so I think it, you know, I was excited for not necessarily myself, but I was more excited for the opportunity to share the mission overall and, um, you know, continue with within the ER community to, you know, just continuously improve our profession. Um, so, you know, in turn, I think when I was selected, the foundation donated a decent amount of of uh, money towards the ENA Foundation just to continue like, hey, listen, we support our own, you know, if we can improve, you know, uh, the education and and the opportunities for fellow ER nurses to do better, to, you know, be committed to care, then then we'll do that. And so it was very humbling to, to give back as well as, you know, be honored. It was it was eye opening. I would say that there's a relationship that, that kind of grows out of there because you have a, a different platform. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had a few conversations here and there where people have picked up on, you know, you were a part of this. And but now it's also something that you could share with others. And uh, it'd be a little boastful. You don't strike me as the most boastful bragger type. But how did you how did you let people know that are important in your life about this? So. <laughs> I think that's a trait, an ER trait. Um, you know, we're very humble because, and, and this is, I think anybody who listens to this can understand that if you're not humble, especially in the ER, you will get humbled very quickly. Um, <laughs> I've seen that happen many a times. Yeah. Uh, but to let people know, I I think I was more shy than anything. My husband, of course, sent it out across the, the <laughs> platforms and, you know, our foundation staff also sent it out. And I was like, oh man, but another woman who was selected, who's also a flight nurse, she was like, hey, I know you. And we knew her solely based off the foundation. And so, you know, it was just it was humbling, to say the least. Um, but I tried. My husband got the magazine covered, framed. And, you know, when our mailman dropped off the magazine, he was like, is this you? And I was like, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> so it was um, it was a good laugh, you know, but. I think the the best part was me being able to say, hey, I'm, I love what I do and I, I love the nursing practice. And I'm glad that, you know, our efforts are being shown to the, the world. And there's nothing wrong with a little mini celebrity status every once in a while in your own worlds, right? You know, and we do a, you know, a big job here uh, when it comes to how connection and, and ENA as a whole, you know, promotes and, and highlights this. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about it in Denver last year through General Assembly and, and uh, throughout the uh, the events of emergency nursing 2022 and we'll do the same thing this year we'll honor you know the, the 20 recipients this year during emergency nursing 2023 but to get to that point people got to apply or they got to nominate people they think are worthy um what kind of advice i mean you were you were surprised to be nominated you, you needed a little nudge to go through and apply but what kind of advice would you put out there for folks that um you know see this and and maybe are feeling like they, this is something they want to do for themselves or you know, they've been nominated, but they're kind of on the fence. So what, what, as someone who's gone through this, what, what's your advice for them? I would say my my greatest bit of advice would be, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to say, oh, there's always somebody better than us. There's always somebody more deserving. And absolutely, you know, that's that's how we stay humble. But I think a lot of nurses don't realize how much they do. Right. And it can be as as what they perceive as something as small as, you know, um, keeping together a couple during COVID who were in their nineties and, you know, having that closeness or 
you know, that's an experience that I, I faced, you know, small things that, that might not seem like a big deal to you actually may have changed that person that you were caring for his life. So, you know, it doesn't have to be something where you're having white house, you know, breakfast. I'm still shocked that I was invited. Um, <laughs> I wore my ER Chuck Taylors too. So it was very, you know, um, sentimental, stay true, but <laughs> <right>? <laughs> stay true to who you are. No. Um, but every single ER nurse makes a difference and every single ER nurse has a story to tell. Nobody's the same, you know, just like no patient's the same. We deserve to be recognized. I believe, I feel like we're, we're definitely an underrated profession. And so even if you're on the fence, apply, because not only do you deserve to be highlighted for the work that you do, but you do do life-saving work every single day. And, you know, even if you aren't selected, you know, you're still a hero, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they hear that a lot, but it's true from one nurse to another. Um, I suggest people apply and, and really, you know, take the time to sit there and reflect on their own profession because you do make a difference and you do save lives. That's a great point to kind of wrap up on is that sometimes just being able to take inventory of what you've done because things move so fast, you know, yeah. in your world, you know, no doubt about that. It, it goes so, it goes so quick that you go from 2020 to 2023 and go, there was a pandemic in there and it felt like a long time, but you know, it's three years later now. But even beyond that, um, you know, the patients come and go, the moments come and go. But when you sit back and you take stock of that, I, I think that um, drives a little bit of that modesty and humbleness that, you know, well, you know, what else was I going to do? That's my job. But sure. to really realize that those accomplishments are pretty significant and letting somebody, uh, uh, you know, objectively look at those things and, and determine this. And I think that's the great part about this process, too, is that, uh, you know, no two stories are alike which means that we can't uh, judge them the same. We have to look at them in their own context. So uh, Chelsea Simone, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And, you know, congratulations again on being a part of the 2022 class of 20 under 40. And uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to see who joins the club this year when it's all said and done. I am. I am. I'm hoping we get some military in there. I'm hoping we get some New Englanders in there. <laughs> so root many, for your own, right? Root for my own, <laughs> you know. Um, Excited. But, but I appreciate you being a part of it, Chelsea, and, and certainly, you know, anybody who is interested and does, you know, fit the qualifications for the this year's 20 under 40, uh, you go to ena.org slash publications, look for the ENA connection link, and that'll take you to the page where you can find the application for the 20 under 40 program this year. Uh, applications run until the end of April, um, but you know, keep an eye on your email uh, for more updates on that uh, throughout the year or throughout the month, I should say. And uh, clearly, it's something that we're really excited about, and it's been a nice new addition to Connection over the last couple of years. So we're looking forward to seeing who uh, throws their hat in the ring and, uh, and joins the, uh, the illustrious club that uh, has 40 members so far, and we'll add another 20 this year. With all that, uh, this is Dan Campana. Thank you for being a part of this episode of the EMA Podcast, and hoping you'll tune in next time. To learn more about ENA or to become a member, visit ena.org backslash membership.